0: Good afternoon. Welcome to Business Buzz. I'm Harold Littlejohn, CPA. I'll be your host for the next hour. I'm glad you have a chance to spend some time with me. I've got a very entertaining and thought-provoking program ahead for you. I don't have any guests in-house. I'm going to have a few good ones coming up in the future. One quick note, the seminar that was going to be on the 23rd uh, had some strange uh, reasons that needed to be canceled. So I'm going to try to set something up in the next month or so to get the tax seminar for fire victims going. And it's probably going to end up being at, I'm thinking the library on Sherman and East first Avenue. That's a good place for an evening meeting. I will be in touch with you on that. So stay posted. I'm going to try to get that going on a weekday in early February if possible. Well, Today is another nice winter day but it's the weather's not too bad. It's pretty nice. Hope everybody's having a having a good 2019 so far. As far as business goes, things are very busy for me. Tax preparers are going to be generally pretty busy this year. The new tax law is going to be the influence to have a lot of people who used to maybe they had it kind of figured out. And now since they might not know the new tax law, they need to hire a professional maybe for the first time, or at least they'll come to a professional this year just to get a handle on what the new tax laws involve involves. I would say the main thing for the new tax law that everyone needs to know is the standard deductions are much higher If you had itemized deductions in 2017, but if you look on your 2017 form for itemized deductions, which is sort of the personal deductions and it's on a form called Schedule A, if you look on that form and your number, if you're a married couple, is well under $24,000 and not much has changed this year, there's a good chance you won't be itemizing in 2018 because the new standard deduction is 24,000 that's probably the number one big deal for 2018 that's different than 2017 that feature alone might cause you to not need to hire someone and to do more of a short form that's something to think about before you pay before you pay too much money for a professional when it turns out you're going to be a short form the other major Factor of the new tax law is the 20% business deduction called Section 199A. It does not apply to you if you are a wage earner or if you are earning dividends, interest, and capital gains from stocks and things. Investment income and earned income, like wages, are not available to get this special new 20% deduction called 199A. But if you're self-employed, if you have net rental income from rental property that you manage, if you're a partner or a shareholder in a S corporation or a partnership or an LLC that generates net income, you are probably going to be available to take the 199A special 20% deduction. That's the biggie for the new tax law. Along with the rates. The reason the rates isn't something you need to go to a tax professional for is you can look that up and that's kind of automatic. If you use a program like TurboTax and you plug in your wages and your interest income and you plug in your children's birthdays, dates of birth, and you take your and you use a computer, the computer is going to calculate those new tax rates. You don't need to sit there and do the math by hand. That's not a reason to go to a tax professional out of the blue because there's new tax rates. If you're already using a computer program to do taxes, the programs are all updated to take the new tax rates into account. I would really recommend that if you've always done your own taxes and it's been simple enough, it's probably a good idea to talk to someone like me once in a while, but not necessarily to pay me to do your income tax because... I might not be able to help you, especially with these new standard deductions. But it wouldn't hurt to give a call to someone like me just to make sure. But I would say if you're not self-employed and if you don't have a lot of itemized deductions, there's probably not that much new in the new law that's really something you would have to change your the way you do things already. That's just my advice. But it wouldn't hurt to find out. I always offer free initial consultations. For someone who just needs to talk to someone for the first time, it's usually just a telephone consultation, but I'm available. My number is 895-3353. I've got lots of new clients this year. The other thing this year for Butte County is the fire victims. There's so many fire victims, and that is a very complicated tax situation. It's called an involuntary conversion. If you're a business buzz regular, you know I've already explained quite a bit of, of that. Basically, it's like you sold something, even though you didn't want to, but you have lots of time to make a replacement purchase of the property that was destroyed, and that's called an involuntary conversion. So this year, the tax preparation business in Chico is going to be bustling, and I can tell at my place already, because of all of the people involved with these involuntary conversions and the fire problems. That's really making it tough. But that's what the tax professionals are for. Uh, I, like I, I like to say, there's lots of good tax professionals in Chico, and I believe I'm one of them. Call me at 895 I'll get back to you if I'm not there when you call, and we can do a free consultation. I'll be happy to talk with you and learn about your situation and hopefully save you a bunch of tax if possible. So I wanted to start out today's show with a follow-up to a topic that I've spent a decent amount of time on over the past probably over the past few months or year. And it is the subject, if you've been a if you've been a regular business buzz listener, you'll know the subject by now. It's the subject of the missing $21 trillion. And one of the best people online to read about that discusses this is named Catherine Austin Fitz, F-I-T-T-S. And today I've printed out an article by her that's uh, pretty recent. Uh, I'm not positive of the date. I believe it was uh, written just the last few weeks here in uh, January of 2019. It's like a wrap-up of the 2018 year. She calls it the real game of missing money. And her report that she has subscribers to is called Solari Report, S-O-L-A-R-I Report. And the last name is Fitz, F-I-T-T-S. I encourage you to read these kind of articles that I tell you about. I encourage you to listen to alternative news sources other than just the regular ones because... You'll never hear about this stuff anywhere else. Speaking of that, I want to take a little bit of a diversion here and point out another story. I didn't write it down. I read about it yesterday. The yellow vest movement in Europe, which is disrupting places like Paris with protests and working-class-type protests, what we're not hearing about in our media is that there is a huge auto parts strike going on in mexico right now i can't remember the name of the area but it's close to our border and what i read was they're threatening lives of the workers down there they're threatening their families with starvation they're locking them in the factory not letting them leave it's very serious but we're not hearing a word about it when i read that i'm thinking whoa I can't believe it. I turn on Fox. I turn on CNN just to flip around channels. I have not heard a word about this. It's to the point now where there's sources inside the U.S. assembly plants, like in Michigan at Ford plant somewhere in Michigan, maybe Lansing. I can't remember where. I read this, but I didn't have time to write it down. It was during my workday yesterday. There are slowdowns at the American Ford plant and probably other companies' American plants because the parts are not coming from Mexico. It's due to the strike. My point of this story is that this yellow vest movement is becoming global. It's very interesting that we, but we don't even hear about it watching our regular television. That's why you need to start reading some other other places and, I'm going to give you, after I read this Fitz article, some of it, I'm going to give you uh, at least two names, maybe three, that I recommend that you look up on YouTube and watch some of their news because they bring you news that other people don't. Whether you have to believe it's all true or not, it doesn't matter. At least it opens up your mind to what might be going on as opposed to what, uh, CNN and MSNBC tell you is going on. So this is an article by Catherine Austin Fitz. It's called The Real Game of Missing Money. My efforts to, and this is quoting from the article, my efforts to achieve honest accounts for the federal government started in 1989 when I was Assistant Secretary of Housing, Federal Housing Commissioner. The mortgage insurance operation had experienced explosive losses and a breakdown of financial controls during the SNL crisis and Iran Contra scandals. The patterns of fraud were simply astonishing. Indeed, the Secretary of the Treasury had warned me not to accept the position, saying, You can't go to HUD. HUD is a sewer. That's Housing and Urban Development. My team and I drafted a reform proposal and persuaded the Secretary of Housing and Urban Development, HUD, and the Office of Management and Budget, OMB. To support legislation to create an office of chief financial officer, audited financial statements and reporting of credit and liability programs on an accrual basis with actuarial reports for the department and its mortgage insurance and securities operations and funds. A model that OMB and Congress then introduced government-wide. Now, this is uh, Catherine Austin Fitz still talking. I then helped the federal government implement these changes as president of Hamilton Securities Group, lead financial advisor and portfolio strategist to the FHA mortgage insurance operations. I did so until the honest officials and my company were forced out by phony scandals rigged by the Department of Justice and the HUD Inspector General with the help of then-HUD Secretary Andrew Cuomo and other members of the Clinton administration. A decision has been made to engineer a housing bubble. Uh, a decision had been made to engineer a housing bubble and to empty out government accounts. Now, I just wanted to point out that I just read the start of this article. That gives you a little background. This is not some tinfoil hat guy in his mom's basement doing a internet uh, YouTube account. This is an actual person who worked for the federal government in a pretty high capacity. So, I'm going to continue with more of this article. I decided to fight, taking on the real scandal. While doing so in 2000, my team realized that billions of dollars were going missing from HUD and that the official excuses were unmistakably false. It became clear that honest people were forced out in order to shift trillions of dollars in assets out of government accounts and to flood the mortgage market with fraudulent mortgage paper. As the president of CalPERS the largest pension fund in the United States had warned me in April of 1997, quote, they have given up on the country. They are moving all the money out starting in the fall. Starting Solari, this is that woman uh, Fitz's uh, report that she puts out. Our team worked with a series of reporters to help investigate and warn global investors and U.S. citizens that government coffers were being emptied and that the housing bubble was threatening the financial health of millions of investors and citizens around the world. We called it the financial coup d'etat. Now, if you don't know what, I'm going to step in here. If you don't know what a coup d'etat is, that is a government takeover. So they're calling this a financial coup d'etat. I'm going to be coming up on that first break, but I'm going to keep going because this is something that you need to hear. And I would feel detriment in my duties if I didn't at least give you a chance to hear this type of uh, reporting. The missing money story is not really just about money. It is about who rules, who gets to decide, who gets to decide whether your pension is funded, who gets to decide if you can find a job, who gets to decide if your mortgage is foreclosed, who gets to decide if you must go into debt and get an education, to get an education, who decides if you live a long life or a short one. I once had an acquaintance who told me that... She had no interest in the missing money. She said that peace was her issue and that she was not interested in missing money. That was my issue. I tried to explain that the missing money really was her issue. If a few people could print as much money as they want and steal as much money as they want, then they could choose between war or peace. Historically, they have chosen war. If we want to stop war, we must cut off funding to the people who engineer wars. We must create a system where an open and transparent process determines who rules. Well, we're up on that first break. I'm going to come back with a little more of this interesting article. I hope you're having a great afternoon. I'm Harold Littlejohn, CPA. Stay tuned to Business Buzz. I'll be right back. Here's Rick Box, founder of Unconventional Business Network, with today's Integrity Moment. My son-in-law, Brian, met with a mutual friend who previously had been CFO of a well-known publicly traded company. When I asked Brian how his meeting went, Brian replied, He shared an idea with me that I will never forget. You are never as important as you think. For an older, wiser businessman of the stature of this former CFO, to share this insight with Brian was profound and helpful. Brian learned that day that each position is replaceable and that we need to guard our hearts against pride, especially when we have some successes in life. Proverbs 11.2 teaches, when pride comes, then comes disgrace, but with humility comes wisdom. If you've experienced some successes, remember to remain humble. You are never as important as you think. To learn more about Unconventional Business Network and doing business God's way, visit unconventionalbusiness.org. That's unconventionalbusiness.org. Welcome back to Business Buzz. I'm Harold Littlejohn, CPA. I'm glad you've got some time to spend with me today on a nice January afternoon. We're heading into that tax season again, and I'm looking forward to it. I want to continue reading some of this article from Catherine Austin Fitz, and I'm going to continue. Crime that pays is crime that stays. Now that the financial coup d'etat is blossoming into a legal coup d'etat, a fundamental reengineering of our governance model with the development of FASAB Statement 56. Now, that's uh, part of the Financial Accounting Standards Board, FASB 56, and the secret operation it helps to fund. This process will not be privatization. This process, process will be massive corporate welfare and piratization. These obscure accounting policies will allow your funds to purchase treasury securities or allow the purchases of your pension fund, your bank, and your insurance company to be used to pay mercenary armies to seize your property and turn it over to private investors and corporations. If your pension funds buy treasuries with your savings, those savings may simply disappear out the back door into private hands and your pension fund will get an IOU backed by guess who? yourself. What stands behind the bond of a sovereign government that has lost its information and financial sovereignty and its assets? You do. If you are a U.S. citizen, you are exchanging an asset for a liability. You might say, well, I live in Europe or Asia. Why should I care? You should care because the credit of your investments, your pension fund, your sovereign wealth fund, and your banks and insurance companies is being debased as well. In addition, your national security umbrella is probably also threatened. All of us, no matter on which continent we reside, are shut out from the secrets of those who rule the world. We are funding a rich flow of tax dollars and investments that, private, that finance private investors' secret ownership and control of the most powerful technologies in the world to build a breakaway civilization. We provide the financing, but we get no say in what happens, and we get left behind. Why are we funding a fascist takeover of our government, our economy, and our culture? One reason is that we cannot see our personal intimate role in the coup clearly. Another is that we do not understand the growing risks of investing in securities financing this machinery. We have always considered them safe. However, something has changed. Are they still safe? No matter where you live, the fraudulent nature of the U.S. federal accounts has increasingly impacted your life and finances. It will have an explosive impact in your future as the compounding of the U.S. debt and interest expense grows. The time has come to understand the real game of missing money. Circumstances have put you on the game board in 2019. Whatever you think now, this issue of missing money will decide every other issue, including the ones you care about most. Will it be Mr. Global who decides, or has the time come to bring transparency and to stop funding Mister Global's secret sauce, and so. Anyway, that was this article, and that article is when it's talking about when it's talking about the missing money. That is what I've talked about before on Business Buzz. There's a professor named Skidmore at I believe it's Michigan State University, who found out about this missing money, and so he put him and his. Ph.D. student staff in the economics department on the case and did a big study of HUD and Department of Defense for a 15-year period and found unaccounted for adjustments in that 15-year period of $21 trillion, which is equal to our national debt. So it's what it is is it's $21 trillion of stolen money that nobody can explain where it went In my opinion, I believe part of it is going to be the money that's being used to prop up the stock market when they want to, called the Plunge Protection Team. It's called the Working Group on Financial Markets. It was really, I read that it was established in 87 after the big 1987 crash. I read further that it was actually started in the 1930s, and our markets have basically been fake and pumped up since then. Which basically is steering your money. The the object of this whole fake market thing is to steer your money into stocks and bonds and away from things that they don't want you to own. That's my that's the deal. Now, this is someone that you should definitely read. If you go to Google, I just googled today Solari and Fitz F I T T S, and I came right up on her website, which is I think it's called the Solari Report. And it's got tons of articles. This is just one two-pager that I printed off of there to read to you today because it is so apropos to what i was been talking about, about learn about your money, learn what's really going on, listen to alternative news, don't believe whatever you hear, and protect your money. Get some money insurance. I've talked about this numerous times. You have to have some money insurance, and physical gold and silver is the best money insurance. A quick note about... Precious metals. Does anyone realize that there is a precious metal that is at an all time high and it just keeps going higher? It's called palladium. It's a relative of the platinum family. It's very rare. I believe it's rarer than platinum. And it is skyrocketed. I believe it's over the price of gold now. I think it's in the 1300s per ounce range. So if anybody tells you precious metals aren't doing well, They haven't looked at the palladium lately. The other thing is, is that I saw another article. If you measure gold in any currency other than the U.S. dollar, you'll see on those charts that it's very, if it isn't an all-time high, it's very close to being at an all-time high even now. That's the thing. You have to measure it against something other than the U.S. dollar to get the real picture. Now, speaking of money insurance, I pulled up an article here from a Website called Road to Ruta, and what it really means is Road to Route A, and the bit that I've read about this man named Bix Weird, W-E-I-R. He's an interesting guy. I think he's from Oakland, if I remember right. I've seen some of his videos from YouTube, and I believe he's from the East Bay. And Ruta means Route A, and there was an old comic book issued by the Federal Reserve, I believe, back in the 80s. And Root A has something to do with Alan Greenspan's computer programming. He was a huge computer programmer. And in the 70s, the financial markets basically got computerized. And Root A has something to do with that computerization. And there was a comic book made, printed by the Federal Reserve that said something about Ruta. And it was like a cartoon thing. And so he picked up on that. And his website's called Road to Route A or Road to Ruta. So I picked a quick article I wanted to share with you so I can try to explain to you why gold and silver are your money insurance that you should have some of your money in. And I think everybody should have some of their money in just as a protection. So people always ask me, okay, Harold, what is it? How do they manipulate these prices? If you say the prices are manipulated downward, how do they do it? So I'm going to read this article from Road to Ruta and it's called Understanding Silver Price Manipulation. Is there silver price manipulation? Let's start with a question. What should the silver market what should the silver market look like? In a broad scope of markets, the silver market is relatively tiny. In my opinion, it should be a sleepy quaint little market. Supply is fairly stable, varying about 5% annually. There are never any huge silver discovery announcements. Silver is mostly mined as a byproduct of mining for other metals. There's only a handful of dedicated silver mining companies. Industrial demand is fairly constant over the years. Investment demand is is growing, but official numbers aren't that huge. You'd think that in a market like this, the miners and silver buyers could easily come together and transact business discovering the fair market value of silver. The silver market should be a quaint little market, but the reality is much different. I'm going to be coming up on the bottom of the hour, but I'm just going to continue with some of this article because you need to understand how this works. I've told you the why, now I'm going to tell you the how. But the reality is much different. One, massive volatility. The silver market is characterized by large upward moves over time with huge and sudden downward slams. There are massive volumes traded back and forth. Fortunes are made and lost. There's blood in the streets after each market slam. In 2008, the price dropped from $21 to below $9 in a matter of months. This is per ounce. On May 1st, 2011, silver was violently slammed down from $50 to $35 in a matter of days. It was called a drive-by shooting by many in the silver investment community. There is an insane amount of volatility. The silver market is no place for you to invest if you have a weak stomach. Well, that's a great spot for the bottom of the hour break. I'm Harold Littlejohn, CPA. I'll be right back on Business Buzz. Stay tuned. We're going to talk a little bit about more on silver, and then we're going to give you a little peace of mind for the rest of the hour. I'll be right back. What do you and I need to understand about the children of Israel making the golden calf? Here's David Hawking with some insight. On one occasion, you can dedicate, surrender your life to the Lord, be mightily moved of God, and a month later, be down in the pits again. Be far away from the Lord. It can happen to the best of us. More about what the golden calf reveals about you and me, this week on Hope for Today. Tune in for Hope for Today, weekdays at 8 a.m. here on KKXX. From the Pacific Justice Institute, this is The Legal Edge, defending your rights as a Christian, a parent, and a citizen. Here's Brad Dickus. Folks, there is concern about political bias in the federal judgeship nomination process. The American Bar Association has rated potential judges based on direct interviews and their legal record. One of the strong suits of this administration is its judicial appointments with constitutionally based decisions favoring pro-life and religious liberty. But the abortion rights advocacy of some of the ABA Judicial Nominee Committee members is troubling. This administration is not relying on their recommendations. And let's pray this independence will result in more decisions based on constitutional principles from the federal bench for decades to come. The Pacific Justice Institute provides legal representation to individuals without charge. Learn more at pacificjustice.org. That's pacificjustice.org. Adopt U.S. Kids presents multiple choice parenting. You've messed up your daughter's haircut. Do you a get spiritual? Mom, where's the mirror? Beauty is within. Welcome back to Business Buzz. I'm Harold Littlejohn, CPA. Thanks for spending part of your afternoon with me. I hope you're having a good day. I know this is the time of day that the roads get crowded, the children get picked up, and it, the traffic can be really nasty. So take it easy and be nice to those other drivers. They're, they're in the same boat as you, all working towards a safe, safe trip home. Okay, so I'm finishing uh, up on this article in the website called Road to Route A, and it's talking about the, this is, I'm trying to describe how the silver manipulation works. Number two, off hours trading. Most of the downward volatility begins in the off hours of trading before or after the large markets are open. The May 1st drive-by shooting started in the middle of the night on a Sunday and dropped 10% instantly. Who trades like that? If you had a huge long position in silver that you wanted to unload, would you do it in the after-hours market to maximize your price? There was no news to spook the market. This was a blatant manipulation and was obvious to all of us. Number three, COMEX short concentration. Now, I'll step in here. COMEX is the commodities exchange in New York that handles all these paper trading of metals. COMEX short concentration. Ted Butler has been exposing the short concentration issue for 25 years, and we all know of his work. The kicker for me was that in November 2009, two traders or less, likely only one, held 68% of the commercial net short position. 68% of the short position was held by one trader. The CFTC, which is the Commodities Future Trading Commission, has just passed the position limits rule, and hopefully this will put an end. Well, we'll see. Now, this is an older article written. Here's the deal. The CFTC has these rules where you're not supposed to trade more than a certain number of contracts, but they completely disregard enforcement of the rules. Multiple ownership claims. Who owns the physical silver these days? With so many silver derivatives, there are many options for bullion banks and others to work a fractional reserve metal storage system. Silver certificates, swaps, leases, pooled accounts, options, ETF shorting, and on and on. In 2007, Morgan Stanley was sued for charging storage fees on silver certificates, although they didn't hold the physical silver in inventory. It was settled out of court, but the defense was that the practice of selling silver certificates and not holding the physical metal was industry standard practice. Now, can you believe that? So anyway, uh, I just wanted to, oh, here's another part of this article I want to read. Three CFTC Silver Investigations. The three silver investigations were a joke. The first two were announced and closed at the same time with no finding of municipal manipulation. The third dragged on for years only to be dropped days before the five-year statute of limitations expired. The greatest delayed con jobs the markets have seen for a long time. Bravo CFTC. The CFTC's main reasons for dropping the first two investigations were that the price was going up so there can't be downward manipulation And the LBMA, London Bullion Market Association, was a physical market and is in line with the COMEX. Give me a break. The LBMA will settle 50 billion ounces of supposedly physical silver this year. There's nothing physical about that market. So the problem is LBMA supposedly settles 50 billion ounces a year of silver. Here's the problem it's estimated that there's one to 2 billion ounces of silver above ground right now available that isn't in uh, equipment and solar panels and computers and the mining of silver in a whole year. And we always exclude Russia and China from this figure because they do not let any silver or gold leave their borders. The entire amount mined per year is like 750 million ounces. So every day or two, during the year, that many ounces get traded on these supposedly silver and gold exchanges. It's a joke. So, I wanted to keep you posted on that because that is another good source for your information. You can look up some articles at that place called Road to Route A, Road to Ruta.com. And you could also uh, look for a guy named Bix Weir on uh, YouTube. He does a lot of uh, videos and he's really entertaining, kind of a funny guy. And you can get entertained and educated by listening to people like that. Now, while we're on that subject, if you have a computer and you do look at YouTube, if you want some alternative news once in a while, I recommend Bix Weir. I recommend a couple other names I'm going to give you here if you want to jot these down, because these are places that I watch real good reports from. And you will definitely learn alternative news. Whether you believe it's true or not, I don't really care. I'm not gonna be able to verify everything, but I don't verify everything I hear from the New York Times or the Washington Post either. And I don't believe everything either. So the other ones you can look into are, one of them's called SGT Report. That would be S as in Sam, G as in giraffe, T as in Tom Report. That's a good one on YouTube. He does like interviews and maybe half hour long videos with real interesting people with good information. The other one who's really good. is called his name's David Zublik, Z-U-B-L-I-C-K. Go to David Zublik and look up his YouTube channel. He's got all kinds of interesting videos and reports. And I like those guys. They're alternative. They're different. You get a different viewpoint. Like I say, I can't verify everything from that side, but I can't verify it from the other side either. And just because it's printed in a major newspaper doesn't convince me that it's true. Uh, I don't know what's true, but at least I can listen. At least I can read both sides. That's all I'm telling you. To, that's all I'm saying you should do. I'm not telling you to do anything. It's a free country, and you can do whatever you please. Now, on the lighter note, we've got a little bit of time left today. I always like to encourage you to get some peace of mind. I've brought my probably my third favorite book but it's a one of my all-time favorite books and I'm going to read part of it today I think you'll find it very entertaining the book is called A New Earth its author is Eckhart Tolle T O L L E his big first book was called The Power of Now this is sort of the follow up but it's really good and it's called A New Earth and I'm going to read a section that I really like I've listened to this on my audiobooks over and over um, probably 50 times i'm going to read from a section called the ego and the present moment remember i've been telling you when i read things from course in miracles that you're, you have two sides of your mind you have the ego side which is the daily life side the world is the world is true the world is really here side uh, this this teacher is really coming down on me today uh, this bill is really big that came in the mail, and it's, it's a real bill. That is your ego side. So I just wanted to preface this with that little uh, beginning. So the ego and the present moment. The most important, the primordial relationship in your life is your relationship with the now, or rather with whatever form the now takes. That is to say, what is or what happens. If your relationship with the now is dysfunctional, That dysfunction will be reflected in every relationship and every situation you encounter. The ego could be defined simply in this way, a dysfunctional relationship with the present moment. It is at this moment that you can decide what kind of relationship you want to have with the present moment. Once you have reached a certain level of consciousness, and if you are reading this, you almost certainly have, You are able to decide what kind of a relationship you want to have with the present moment. Do I want the present moment to be my friend or my enemy? The present moment is inseparable from life, so you are really deciding what kind of a relationship you want to have with life. Once you have decided you want the present moment to be your friend, it is up to you to make the first move. Become friendly toward it. Welcome it no matter in what disguise it comes, and soon you will see the results. Life becomes friendly toward you. People become helpful. Circumstances cooperative. One decision changes your entire reality. But that one decision you have to make again and again and again until a, until it becomes natural to live in such a way. I'm going to step in here and just say I've told you before in the Course, The Course in Miracles, the very last chapter is called Decide Once Again. The entire book is all about deciding, and that's exactly what, Mr. Tolley is talking about here. I'm going to continue from A New Earth. The decision to make the present moment into your friend is the end of the ego. The ego can never be in alignment with the present moment, which is to say aligned with life, since its very nature compels it to ignore, resist, or devalue the now. Time is what the ego lives on. The stronger the ego, the more time takes over your life. Almost every thought you think is then concerned with past or future, and your sense of self depends on the past for your identity and on the future for its fulfillment. Fear, anxiety, expectation, regret, guilt, anger are the dysfunctions of the time-bound state of consciousness. Now, we're going to be coming up on that last break of the hour, so uh, it'll be the break coming up, but I am going to continue with this. There are three ways in which the ego will treat the present moment, as a means to an end, as an obstacle, or as an enemy. Let us look at them in turn so that when this pattern operates in you, you can recognize it and decide again. To the ego, the present moment is, at best, only useful as a means to an end. It gets you to some future moment that is considered more important, even though the future never comes, except as the present moment and is therefore never more than a thought in your head in other words you are never fully here because you are always busy trying to get elsewhere now think a minute on that i'm going to stop for a minute from reading and just think about that how many of you are living that way i know i do if i'm not paying attention and and consciously reminding myself to snap out of it and get into this other frame of mind I'm exactly like that. You're always thinking about the next moment's better. Oh, it'll be better when I get that new job. It'll be better when I have a new car. It'll be better when I find the perfect mate. Blah, blah, blah. It'll be better. It'll be better. That What this is saying is that that's not the way you should be living. You should be, you should be enjoying things as they are now in the present moment, and it'll make things go better in the future if you treat it that way. So that's what it's saying. So the best the ego treats it, again, is as a means to an end. Now I'll get into the other two ways here in a little bit. i Harold, Harold Littlejohn, CPA. I'll be right back on Business Buzz. Stay tuned. How are you going to get to the Sacramento airport? Use North Valley Shuttle. It's easy online at NorthValleyShuttle.com. Don't be that person who bugs their friends or family to take you. Book online right now at NorthValleyShuttle.com. North Valley Shuttle has added new departure and arrival times each week for your convenience. Serving Chico, Paradise, Oroville, Gridley, Live Oak, and Yuba City Marysville. North Valley Shuttle gets you there quickly and safely. Leave the car at home and let NorthValleyShuttle.com do the driving. License PSC 20791. Welcome back to Business Buzz. I'm Harold Littlejohn, CPA. Remember, you can get in touch with me, 895-3353. That's area code 530. I offer a free initial consultation. Tax season is upon us. We're going to have a lot of work this year and I've got a lot of knowledge to share. We got all those new tax laws. Okay. So back to a new earth. Remember the best the ego can do with the present moment is treat it as a means to an end. Now we're going to continue when this pattern becomes more pronounced. And this is very common. The present moment is regarded and treated as if it were an obstacle to be overcome. Now, Just place yourself. I'm I'm stepping outside the book here for a second. Place yourself here and tell me, is this you? I'm going to read on. This is where impatience, frustration, and stress arise. And in our culture, it is many people's everyday reality, their normal state. Life, which is now, is seen as a problem. And you come to inhabit a world of problems that all need to be solved before you can be happy, fulfilled, or really start living, or so you think. The problem is... For every problem that is solved, another one pops up. As long as the present moment is seen as an obstacle, there can be no end to problems. I'll be whatever you want me to be, says life or the now. I'll treat you the way you treat me. If you see me as a problem, I will be a problem to you. If you treat me as an obstacle, I will be an obstacle. At worst, and this is also very common, the present moment is treated as if it were an enemy. When you hate what you are doing, complain about your surroundings, curse things that are happening or have happened, or when your internal dialogue consists of shoulds and shouldn'ts, of blaming and accusing, then you are arguing with what is, arguing with that which is always already the case. You are making life into an enemy, and life says war is what you want, and war is what you get. External reality, which always reflects back to you your inner state, is then experienced as hostile. A vital question to ask yourself frequently is, what is my relationship with the present moment? Then become alert to find out the answer. Am I treating the now as no more than a means to an end? Do I see it as an obstacle? Am I making it into an enemy? Since the present moment is all you ever have, since life is inseparable from the now, what the question really means is, what is my relationship with life? This question is an excellent way of unmasking The ego in you and bringing you into the state of presence. Although the question doesn't embody the absolute truth, ultimately, I and the present moment are one, it is a useful pointer in the right direction. Ask yourself it often until you don't need it anymore. How do you go beyond a dysfunctional relationship with the present moment? The most important thing is to see it in yourself, in your thoughts and actions. In the moment of seeing, of noticing that your relationship with the now is dysfunctional, you are present. The seeing is the arising presence. The moment you see the dysfunction, it begins to dissolve. Some people laugh out loud when they see this. With the seeing comes the power of choice, the choice of saying yes to the now, of making it into your friend. Now the next section here is called the paradox of time. Now put on your thinking cap. This one will sort of blow your mind a little bit. On the surface, the present moment is what happens. Since what happens changes continuously, it seems that every day of your life consists of thousands of moments in which different things happen. Time is seen as the endless succession of moments, some good, some bad. Yet, if you look more closely, that is to say through your own immediate experience, you find that there are not many moments at all. You discover that there is only ever this moment. Life is always now. Your entire life unfolds in this constant now. Even past or future moments only exist when you remember or anticipate them, and you do so by thinking about them in the only moment there is, this one. Why does it appear then as if there were many moments? Because the present moment is confused with what happens, confused with content. The space of now is confused with what happens in that space. The confusion of the present moment with content gives rise not only to the illusion of time, but also to the illusion of the ego. There is a paradox here. How can we deny the reality of time? You need it to go from here to there to prepare a meal, build a house, read this book. You need time to grow up, to learn new things. Whatever you do seems to take time. Everything is subject to it, and eventually this bloody tyrant time, as Shakespeare calls it, is going to kill you. You could compare it to a raging river that drags you along with it, or a fire in which everything is consumed. And this is continuing in this section called The Paradox of Time. I recently met some old friends, a family I had not seen in a long time, and I was shocked when I saw them. I almost asked, are you ill? What happened? Who did this to you? The mother who walked with a cane seemed to have shrunk in size, her face shriveled like an old apple. The daughter who had been full of energy, enthusiasm, and the expectations of youth when I last saw her seemed worn out, tired after bringing up three children. Then I remembered. Almost 30 years had passed since we last met. Time had done this to them, and I'm sure they were just as shocked when they saw me. Everything seems to be subject to time, yet it all happens in the now. That is the paradox. Wherever you look, there is plenty of circumstantial evidence for the reality of time. A rotting apple, your face in the bathroom mirror compared to the face in a photo taken 30 years ago, yet you never find any direct evidence. You never experience time itself. You only ever experience the present moment or rather what happens in it. If you go by direct evidence only, then there is no time and the now is all there ever is. Eliminating time, you cannot make the you cannot make the ego state into a future goal and then work toward it. All you get is more dissatisfaction, more inner conflict, because it will always seem that you have not arrived yet, have not attained that state yet. When freedom from ego is your goal for the future, you give yourself more time, and more time means more ego. Look carefully to find out if your spiritual search is a disguised form of ego. Even trying to get rid of yourself can be a disguised search for more if the getting rid of yourself is made into a future goal. Giving yourself more time is precisely this, giving yourself more time. Time, that is to say past and future, is what the false mind-made self, the ego, lives on, and time is in your mind. It isn't something that has an objective existence out there. It is a mind structure needed for sensory perception and, Indispensable for practical purposes, but the greatest hindrance to knowing yourself. Time is the horizontal dimension of life, the surface layer of reality. Then there is the vertical dimension of depth, accessible to you only through the portal of the present moment. So instead of adding time to yourself, remove time. The elimination of time from your consciousness is the elimination of ego. It is the only true spiritual practice. When we speak of elimination of time, we are, of course, not referring to clock time, which is the use of time for practical purposes, such as making an appointment or planning a trip. It would be almost impossible to function in this world without clock time. What we are speaking of is the elimination of psychological time, which is the egoic mind's endless preoccupation with past and future and its unwillingness to be one with life by living in alignment with the inevitable isness of the present moment. Whenever a habitual no to life turns into a yes, whenever you allow this moment to be as it is, you dissolve time as well as ego. For the ego to survive it must make time, past and future, more important than the present moment. The ego cannot tolerate becoming friendly with the present moment, except briefly just after it got what it wanted. But nothing can satisfy the ego for long. As long as it runs your life, there are two ways of being unhappy. Not getting what you want is one. Getting what you want is the other. Whatever is or happens in the form that the now takes. Whatever is or happens is the form that the now takes. As long as you resist it internally, form, that is to say the world, is an impenetrable barrier that separates you from who you are beyond form separates you from the formless one life that you are. When you bring an inner yes to the form the now takes, that very form becomes a doorway into the formless. The separation between the world and God dissolves. When you react against the form that life takes at this moment, when you treat the now as a means, an obstacle, or an enemy, you strengthen your own form identity, the ego, hence the ego's reactivity. What is reactivity? becoming addicted to reaction. The more reactive you are, the more entangled you become with form. The more identified with form, the stronger the ego. Your being then does not shine through form anymore, or only barely. Through non-resistance to form, that in in you which is beyond form emerges as an all-encompassing presence, a silent power far greater than your short-lived form identity, the person. It is more deeply who you are than anything in the world of form. So that's the end of that section about time. And I wanted to share that because it's a very useful thing to keep that in mind. If and when you catch yourself becoming angry, stressed, uh, anxiously awaiting something to happen in the future, regretting or being mad angry about something that happened in the past that quote shouldn't have happened and this isn't easy to do i i slip up every day i'm no i'm by no means any kind of spiritual master just ask the people who have to deal with me the real goal for you if you're just beginning on this path of trying to calm down the ego and get that uh, peace of mind that is the goal of Course in Miracles, and it's pretty much the goal of these Eckhart Tolle books also, if you want that peace of mind, you need to start catching yourself when you are wrapped up in the ego's time-bound mind. When you start thinking about how you can't wait for the next vacation, how you can't wait till you meet the right person to spend your time with, till you can't meet wait till getting a new job because you hate the one you're in now. All of those things are indications that you are fighting life, as he says. You're fighting the present moment. And if you equate the present moment with life, what he's saying is stop making it your enemy, make it your friend. Understand that what is, is, and the way to change it for the better is not to fight against it and hope for a better tomorrow. It's to kind of bask in that present moment right now. There is no time to heal tomorrow. There's no time to be enlightened tomorrow. There's no time to get rid of your feelings tomorrow. The time to do it is now. It's always now. If you just take a few times each day and concentrate, and I've said it before, you step back and watch your own mind. You try to observe your own thoughts you'll see that they feel a lot less important and a lot less influential on you. That is the way you begin to realize this whole concept that time really is an illusion. A lot of times when you hear people say, oh, time's just an illusion, you just kind of laugh it off. Because obviously if you're still thinking in the normal way that you've been thinking your whole life, yes, then the... The phrase, time is an illusion, is a joke and it means nothing. But when you sit down and practice this, which I've encouraged you to do, you'll find that even if the things that you think are your problems aren't getting solved immediately, you'll find that they, they weigh less on you, they bother you less. It really helps when you're in the middle of something like a discussion or an argument with someone who And the word Eckhart Tolle uses is unconscious. When you're dealing with an unconscious person, the best way to handle it is to just step back and basically turn them. And when you say, I'm turning you off or I'm ignoring you, you're not ignoring them. You're going to ignore what they're saying. And you're going to get into that mind frame where you're in the present moment, you're accepting what is, and you're not judging. You're not getting angry. You're not getting uptight. You're not yelling back. You're not feeding, that kind of like pours gasoline on the fire when you argue back with someone who's yelling at you. Next time someone gets mad at you or you think you're upset with someone else or they're upset with you and you're having a negative moment like that, just sit back and be quiet for a minute and try to start observing your thoughts and see what happens to the other person. See what happens. A lot of times you'll notice that right away things calm down I taught this to one person and this person had a grandchild that was very behaviorally challenged, always upset, not calm at all. I taught this grandmother how to handle this in this way and she says she started doing that while the child was acting up and next thing you know the child looked at her and said, I love you grandma and it just came out of nowhere. These things can happen if you just start practicing them. I encourage you to start. I encourage you to read alternative news. I encourage you to consult a tax professional. I'm Harold Littlejohn, CPA. I'll see you next time on Business Buzz. KKXX Paradise. K280GL Chico. And K283AR. News this hour from townhall.com. I'm Keith Peters. House Democrats have, as expected, voted to block the president's declaration of a national emergency at the southern border. Texas Democrat Joaquin Castro calling it a case of constitutional cannibalism. This is the most consequential vote we will take in a generation. Texas Republican Pete Olson. We are at war on the southern border.